Hello, and welcome to the Good Leadership Podcast, where today we review the March Good Leadership Breakfast featuring Amanda Brinkman. I'm Paul Botts, the CEO and founder of Good Leadership. And I'm Kevin Sensenig, President and Chief Learning Officer of Good Leadership. We're an organizational effectiveness firm based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the Good Leadership Breakfast is a signature event of the firm that started 13 years ago as a small gathering of like-minded leaders that has grown into a dynamic force for leaders who are improving the way organizations operate because they know goodness pays. So you may be asking, what do we mean by goodness? So Kevin, will you explain that? Yes. Yeah, so as confirmed by our research, goodness is defined as when people thrive together in a culture of encouragement, accountability, and positive teamwork. And the Thrive Together concept creates the perfect platform for the coaching processes we use to create team alignment and the leadership development programs that increase organizational capacity. So let's start with a huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Old National Bank. You know, if you haven't seen those hilarious and awesome TV <laughs> ads, you just have to see them. Just go ahead and Google Old National Bank ads. I just love the it's good to get old theme. <laughs> yeah. It's especially appropriate for me because... Next week, I'm turning 60. It's my 60th birthday on March 28th. That's right. Happy birthday, Paul. And it's going to be fun to be celebrating with you actually already, but into next week and beyond, I'm sure. Yeah, well, 40 <laughs> didn't bother me. 50 it was a big party, but 60's got my attention. Uh, we're going to party for an entire week, and the theme of the week is going to be, it's like college with money. <laughs> Well, and also for, from a business standpoint, that's the real power of a team, that you can really enjoy that. You can blend your seven Fs and thrive both personally and professionally because the team carries things forward, which is exciting for us from a good leadership standpoint. Yep, I'm not going to get anything done for about 10 days, so there. <laughs> so, Kevin, what's happening in your life today? Well, it's been a busy time. It's been some transitions in our family. I think I've shared before we have three sons, and so our middle son is preparing to complete his MCATs as he prepares for medical school, and he's moving to Maryland to take a job as a, at a medical research facility, so that'll be fun for him to grow in that experience before he goes to med school. And our youngest son is a sophomore in high school now, and he's preparing to actually participate in a study abroad program this summer in Germany, and when he gets back from that, he'll start his Eagle Scout project. So he has a lot going on right now, but it's wonderful to see them thriving. Geez, you're raising some go-getters there. <laughs> we try. <laughs> yeah, is the youngest one driving yet? Well, we're in that practice stage right now, and it's amazing. He's improved steadily, but he still gets a little nervous with parking. So that's the last thing I have to do, and I said, let's do a little more road driving where I feel comfortable before we get into those parking lots. Well, so. I, as a veteran of uh, kids who are now adults, when the youngest one learns to drive, that's when life oh. starts for you. Yes. Okay, so enough funny business here. This morning was the 101st episode of the Good Leadership Breakfast. We had our 100th last November when our speaker was Bill George, the former CEO of Medtronic, mm -hmm. who's also a best-selling author of the True North series. Mm -hmm. And he's currently on the faculty at Harvard Business School. And I have a real connection with Bill because I wrote my first book in 1998, and mm -hmm. he was my first interview for my first oh, book. Wow. And we had fun joking about that. It, it, yeah. it was a really special day. Well, it was a fantastic day. I remember that very well. It was November 18th. And in fact, the coolest part is that is now National Goodness Pays Day, which is just a really cool thing. Yeah, we, uh, that's why you have interns. They help you figure out how do you name yourself <laughs> right. after a day, right? You know, so that was really fun. So uh, 
We do the Good Leadership Breakfast because the mission of our firm is to spread goodness because we've proven that goodness pays. So it's really a missional effort. And so will you explain to people just in general what happens at the breakfast? Yeah, well, it's an exciting time. Uh, We had about 200 leaders from throughout the Minneapolis-St. Paul area at the Metropolitan Ballroom. Obviously, this is the first of three breakfasts for our spring series, all around the theme, Winning with a Goodness Culture. Uh, And the program today featured world-class marketing executive and a very successful entrepreneur, Amanda Brinkman. But before Amanda, uh, we collected some data about culture, and and then following Amanda, we did a a workshop with the folks in the room. So they began to think about how they could apply what they heard from Amanda, some of the tools that we shared with them to really improve the culture of their teams. Yeah, that's a good summary of what we do. It's a lot of fun. People leave really happy. And so the strategy for this particular podcast is what we call Monday morning quarterback. In other words, we're going to review some things that we heard from Amanda, some specific segments, and then you and I are going to comment on our perspectives as executive coaches. Mm-hmm. So before we get in, what was your what was your first impression of Amanda today? Well, I love the small business revolution, that whole experience. I've watched a lot of that. So I always observed her from that kind of star perspective in those shows. And today she just really brought that personal connection, uh, really made things relevant and went from kind of big concept to practical ideas. It was really a great connection. Well, uh, obviously on podcasts, we don't do visuals, but for your, our listening audience here, she was wearing a bright <laughs> bubblegum pink yeah. uh, sport coat. She just looked absolutely smashing. And yeah. what I thought about sitting across from her at the table was that she comes alive that way, yes. just like that pink sport coat. Right, and so right. I hope uh, people can hear that in her voice as we get into the podcast. So now let's listen to Amanda. By way of background... Amanda Brinkman was the chief marketing officer of Deluxe Corporation, who led them through a business transformation. So, Kevin, do you and your wife uh, still write checks? Uh, Yes, we're old. Yeah, those paper checks, (laughs) you know, the financial transactions. My my sons give me a hard time about it. Every time I'm writing a check, what are you doing, Dad? (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty funny today when we asked that in the audience, because very, very few people write checks anymore. And by way of background, in a 10-year period of time, the demand for writing checks went down 87%. And that's significant because Deluxe was the company that printed virtually all of the checks that were used, at least in the United States. And so they had to completely reinvent themselves. And they they learned that they could provide back-end business services to small businesses, particularly Mm. retailers. Mm -hmm. So that's why they created the Small Business Revolution TV show. Her co-star was Ty Pennington, who many people know from a lot of other TV shows and things like that. She's since left that job, and now she runs a production company called Sunshine Studios. Yeah. So we're going to pick up the program now where I asked her the opening question. What I want to know is, first, when you hear us say the words, Mm -hmm. winning with a goodness culture, what comes to mind for you? Well, you just referenced it, but uh, for me, what comes to mind is this concept that I truly believe that all companies are capable of doing well by doing good. Um, I feel like in the business world, we think about it in, in too binary of a nature. Like either you're a company that makes money or you're a nonprofit that does good in the world. And I think the real magic happens when you think about those two things in concert Mm -hmm. together. And I think when it comes to goodness culture, I think the way a company brings that to life is by certainly articulating their brand purpose, but not stopping there. Really figuring out how do we turn that brand purpose into actual tangible brand action? How are we participating in the lives of our customers? Mm -hmm. 
in a way that matters, in a way that makes our lives better, beyond selling them the things we do or the products or the services? How are we actually actively participating in making their whole lives better? And so I think a goodness culture is really about thinking through how do we not just give away money philanthropically as a company, but how do we kind of stand for something and make sure that everything we do is really about advancing the world and advancing the overall society. So based on how you answered that, that's why we do the Good Leadership Breakfast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, L living that brand. So Kevin, what did you take out of that? Well, it really struck me in that opening response was how she delineated that as a binary concept. That, and I think it's true. People think of business as either I'm making money or I'm doing good things. And I love the way she brought that together and challenged us to think about how are we really addressing the whole person of our customers and our clients and thinking about them as individuals. A very unique way to think about it from a B2B or business-minded standpoint. So I thought that was really valuable. Yeah, you know, for me, it's just so interesting you interview a marketer. Yeah. I mean, they use the word brand all the time. It just kind of flows <laughs> off their tongue. And so I, you know, I heard brand as synonymous for businesses, for product yeah. lines, for things like that. And and I think it's important for us as CEOs, you know, I'm the CEO of Good Leadership. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are moments when I think of us as a brand, and it does it does create a different opens a different side of my brain yeah. than when I think of ourselves as a business. So that was yeah. a very good reminder to me. That was good. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to skip ahead, and we're going to listen to how she responded to my challenge for her to tell us about what it feels like to be an entrepreneur. So uh, now you're an entrepreneur like me. So tell us about Sunshine Studios. What, what are you trying to do? What, what, and what should we know about you? How can we help? All that stuff. Thank you. So Sunshine Studios is a, a production house and, and studio and consultancy where I'm trying to help other brands do what we did with the Small Business Revolution at Deluxe. Um, so there was a time when I was at Deluxe that I realized this kind of work is really effective. Um, but I looked at how much longer I would maybe have in my career. I was at, I was at Deluxe for almost a decade, and I, I realized that I was only going to be able to help maybe three more brands think of it this way if I had to be an executive at each company to, to bring this work to life. And so I wanted to go to, you know, start my own shop so I can help multiple brands at one time bring this kind of work to life. So we're really focused on the three circles that I, concentric circles that I always draw is it has to move business, it has to do well, it has to do, you know, uh, be good for your business by the very nature of it being long-form content. So we're really focused on entertainment. So documentary, unscripted series, series, mini documentaries. It, by the very nature of what it is, it's going to break through and engage your audience in a different way. Instead of being the ad that interrupts what you want to be watching, create the thing that your you audience want wants to be watching. Mm -hmm. And then the third circle that's really important to me, and I know this whole room, is that it must do some sort of good in the world. It must stand for something. Um, and so that's what we're focused on at Sunshine Studios, is brands that really want to do that kind of work. So it's a midlife pivot mm -hmm. for you. Uh, so would you look back, please, and, and remind us what some of your other pivots were? So we think about a pivot point is when things happen to you, and you look back and you go, wow, it sent me in a different direction, and that was a good thing. What were some of the other pivot points in your career? Yeah, um, so I started my career on the ad agency side. So I started an agency, Conan Wolf in London, and then I came back home, um, which I worked in an agency called Campbell Methune, um, and I was having a great time. I loved it. And then there was an opportunity to go to an agency called Fallon and work on the BMW films, which truly created the branded entertainment pillar. So over 20 years ago, led the industry in this revolutionary concept of like you can actually create this beautiful entertainment that happens to be funded and 
about a brand. And so I look back now, and what a blessing that I started my career in a space of just expecting that brands can show up that way and produce that kind of content. Mm -hmm. So I would, say, I would say the first pivot was, was uh, taking that role at, at Fallon and being blessed to work on, on that or around um, amazing people. And I think the next pivot would be when I left uh, the agency side to go to the corporate side, uh, and I moved to United Health Group, and it was a great organization, had a lot of autonomy to build out a group there, and it was really wonderful to, I wanted to be closer to the actual decision-making process and the entire end-to-end -end mm -hmm. brand experience, not just what you're advising as an agency, but the holistic uh, brand experience. So that was certainly a pivot to, to go to the corporate side. Um, and then I think the probably the most... Uh, obvious pivot would be, you know, halfway through my time at Deluxe, I realized, yeah, I, up until that point, I had really been kind of on this CMO track. You know, everything I had, had been doing in my career was building towards, you know, chief marketing officer roles at bigger and bigger companies. And when I took the job at Deluxe, I, that was still the track I was on. I was intending to spend time at Deluxe and then move on to, you know, another brand. But halfway through that experience, I really realized that what really fed me as an individual was this kind of production work and, and doing this kind of work that matters in the world and, and is interesting, and I just loved the film aspect of it. And so halfway through, uh, I, I made that pivot. And it's, it's interesting, when you and I started talking about um, today, I started thinking about this harder, and it's like I remember sitting so I was at Deluxe. I'm sitting around. Every Monday would have the executive leadership team meeting, as, as we do in corporate America, right? And I'm sitting around this table, and it dawns on me that, you know, this is a table that most people work their entire career to get to. And every chair in that room, the whole C-suite, all of us had five people behind us who were either being groomed or wanting those roles. And instead of kind of saying, I'm here, instead, I started kind of doodling in my notepad the, the words cosmic swirl. I just felt like I was having all these meetings and I felt like I was being called to do these other things, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't really determine what it was. So I drew, the, I drew this sunshine coming out of the horizon. And off of each of the rays, I wrote, you know, more film projects, speaking, book, volunteering, joy, travel. And I realized what I wanted was not a role as an executive anymore. I truly wanted to create a world where I had all of these things at the same time. Instead of just being known for one thing, I wanted to pursue a career that looked like being known for many things. And so uh, that led to where I am today, where I have started Sunshine Studios, but it's just one of the many things within my portfolio career. Um, and so that was a huge pivot for me to realize I didn't really want to continue down that path of uh, one role, but I wanted to be able to do lots of things at the same time. So start a film company, focus more intentionally on my speaking, write the book, be intentional about my joy, travel, those things. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that was a very interesting kind of aha moment for me. And it was hard because we all spend our careers building towards something, right? Mm -hmm. We went to school for something. Mm -hmm. We've been building this, uh, an experience set. And that was the hardest thing was within myself saying, is it okay to take this right turn? Is it okay to leave? And, and am I leaving behind? Have I, I mean, is that, was that for not all that work to get to this point? And so I spent kind of this last year in my transition into entrepreneurship realizing that it's not. Like every part of your journey is leading you to today and what you're going mm -hmm. to do next. None of it's for not. Even if you're not doing that exact thing 
or that exact title in exact sequence. Okay, so people come to the Good Leadership Breakfast expecting to hear something surprising from mm -hmm. their speaker, and Amanda did not disappoint. No. Had you ever heard the words cosmic swirl before? I had not, but when she said that, I wrote it down immediately because it was a great way to capture the essence of where she was going with her conversation. It was an amazing phrase. Yeah, I joked and said that Cosmic Swirl needs to be her State Fair t-shirt. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, so what she was really getting at is that most people, when they get to middle age, mm -hmm. you and I have probably gone through that Past already. That. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you have this big, deep sense of curiosity about, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Am I called to do something else? And I've just never heard it called Cosmic Swirl before. You listened to the whole presentation and participated. What else did you get out of that segment from her about her pivot points? Yeah, it was interesting how she kind of scoped her thinking in that three bubble framework. And as I listen to that, I understand why she sees it as three bubbles, but I'm going to make it a little more simple. I heard two key ideas in there. One is, how do I focus on doing my job extremely well? Because there's value in that. At the same time, how do I make a difference? Because there's value in that. And I really like the connection she made that everything we do has value. So things are not done for naught. There's, no, there's nothing you do in your career that you look back and say, that was not worthwhile. It always helps us to grow in some way, see something differently, or drive something differently in the future. Yeah, I was really impressed with how she wrapped that whole thing up because it's dangerous as an interviewer to ask people to talk about their pivot points because right. what they usually do is recite their resume. Yeah. And that's what she was doing until she came to the Cosmic Swirl moment. Yeah. And I, I just thought it, it caught me off guard. I loved it. Yeah. And it really set it up for where we're going next. But that's a key takeaway here, that often we think about pivot points as our resume. I did this job, and then this job, and then this job, and she realized that's not rewarding. I got to think about the different side. So one of the features of the Good Leadership Breakfast is that we ask each of our speakers to articulate three success habits. Mm -hmm. And the way we define success habits is very simple. These are things that you've learned to do over and over and over again mm -hmm. in your team leadership because it really works for you. Yeah, so let's keep going. We'll uh, pick it up where I left off there. <laughs> so um, along the way, you have picked up some success habits. So part of what we try to do here is to mine the wisdom and experience for people coming and speak in ways that you can grab something and take back and try it again on Monday. And so you shared with me three success habits. So the first one is this idea of seeing the whole person. So how is that a success habit? So in other words, what I mean is it's an awesome idea. How do you do it and why do you think it's important? So I think especially post-pandemic, I think a lot of companies, and you can all relate, are having this ongoing debate about kind of uh, hybrid schedule, back in the office, working from home. Mm -hmm. I think the more a leader understands that you are not managing someone with a skill set who does a role, but you are managing, you are leading, you are working with a human being that is a whole person. Yeah. The more we can understand that and invest in making sure that every part of their life feels full for them, actually, the better they will be at their job. And so I think I mean, it's the 7Fs concept, yeah, right? I mean, it's people exactly as a 7Fs like, wheel, like, that's right. I think so often. Okay, I have to break in here because one of the fundamental things that we celebrate at the Good Leadership Breakfast is this concept that I came up with over 20 years ago called the 7Fs. Right. And the 7Fs alphabetically are faith, family, finances, fitness, friends, fun, and future. Mm -hmm. And we put them into a tool called the 7Fs wheel and each one of those seven Fs is around the outside, and everyone has a spoke, 
And on the spoke of the wheel, you can evaluate your own personal satisfaction one to 10. Right. What she's referring to here is by seeing people as a combination of their satisfaction on each of those seven Fs, it changes how you, you peer into their lives right. as a leader. Right. So we'll pick it up again. As leaders, you just think of it as like, how do I make sure that they feel fulfilled in just in what they're doing in this very, like just in, in their work. Mm -hmm. But the more we can be empathetic about their family life, the more we can encourage them to take care of their health, the more we can see them as a whole person, the better they'll be. I mean, that's how you should just treat human beings, um, especially um, if you have any influence over them. But, but that is, it's actually effective for business. Yeah. Um, and so I guess some of the ways that, that I brought that to life was, you know, on my team was really truly encouraging my team to pursue those things you know from the very beginning I remember back when I was at um, I was at Allianz and Avery was born and I advocated for myself and my team being able to work from home on Fridays and I remember that was super controversial they supported it it was Allianz is an amazing company but it took a lot of convincing and it didn't mean that even though once we got it done it was interesting my team felt so fulfilled by it felt so much like they had kind of that day to really catch up on their emails and go into the weekend feeling refreshed and and able to be present for their family it was really rewarding and it made all of our work better it, it proved that it was a good business idea but of course the other departments were like why does the creative team get to you know <laughs> work with, like are they even yeah, working yeah. and now you fast forward to two years after yeah. working from home and everybody gets you actually work more yeah, <laughs> when you yeah, work from yeah. home so um so yeah, I think that's how I've brought it to life kind of throughout my career is like really thinking through how can you facilitate that, that whole life for people? How can you create an environment in order for them to be then more successful and, and bring their best work? The more you invest in people feeling fulfilled, the more they will, they'll just perform better. It's true of all of us. The second one here is articulate and champion a common true north. So tell us what does that mean really? It's really about kind of identifying that brand purpose. You know, what are we all doing here at this company? Beyond the sales metrics, beyond our goals as a team and our quarterly results, what are we really doing? Why does our company exist? And what would the world be missing if we went out of business? Like, why are we here? And helping everybody understand how important the brand purpose is of the company, but then helping each individual person understand their role and their ability to affect goodness. So you're right, I am definitely not advocating for everyone to, lose, to, to leave their jobs. I am, um, I am advocating for people to really think through how do you make sure that each of your team members can see how they can affect goodness so they don't have to. Mm -hmm. So that they see that, that in their roles, they can affect goodness within the company and, and within those roles. And so the way we did it, so what was really interesting about the Small Business Revolution is Obvious, I would have people come up to me in the parking lot who had been at, at Deluxe for 25 years with tears in their eyes saying, this is so, I'm so proud that we are doing this work. It is so rewarding. Your team must feel so good to be able to be doing it. And I said, but, but you work in the call center. You're talking to small businesses yeah, you're talking to every, every day. day. Yeah. And so, it, and, and as it started to occur, it, it started to occur to me more and more that we couldn't just let the goodness stay within the Small Business Revolution team. We needed to let, help each employee understand how they we're helping small businesses and real people be more successful. Awesome. So the more you can articulate for e that true north, but then help each individual see how they play a very integral role, whether they're in accounting. Or, it's always very easy for like the marketing and creative team to see, or the PR or yeah. HR team to see how they're affecting goodness. But how do you let each of those individual functions understand what they do, what they uniquely bring to the table, is helping advance that overall good. Yeah, and in this book that we're 
uh, given away is we talk about where do I fit and why do I matter. If you know those two things, you're pretty happy usually. Uh, so the final one is understand what drives and motivates each, each person. I think you've talked about this a little bit, but can you clarify what you mean about that? Yes. So um, I think old school leadership uh, was like, you know, if I'm the boss, this is my style. And so you all need to adapt to it on the team. <laughs> and I think we've all embraced new, new style leadership, which is I need to understand um, what is going to motivate each of you. And so the way I think this is different than the first one is, you know, years ago, I remember one time I was able to kind of negotiate a, a bonus for, for my uh, leaders outside of the, the typical cycle. They had been working really hard. It was a, a crazy season. And I remember there were two individuals who, it was very poignant. One was like ecstatic. He was, he was overjoyed. And the other one was like, yeah, thanks for the money. Like, that's fine. What I would really like is if, after asking her, um, what I would really like is an opportunity to work on this part of the project. And so I think it's about taking the time to understand what motivates each person. It's not financial for each person. It's not title for each person. It's not, but for some people, it's autonomy. For some people, it's the kind of project they're working on or different skills that they're developing. And so I think the more we can understand what is going to make each person feel seen and like they're, how they're spending their time is of value to the company, I think the better. Okay, so that was wonderful. Uh, mm -hmm. Very, very powerful set of information. First, seeing the whole person. Mm -hmm. Second thing, go out of your way to articulate the true north and where people fit and why they matter in that. And then third, understanding what motivates uniquely each person. By the way, the book we were referring to is our signature book called How Goodness Pays. Right. So in reflecting on her success habits, what are you thinking about right now? Well, I, I like the last piece she talked about, about understanding what drives and motivates each person. Uh, there's such a push right now in organizations around this idea of employee engagement. Uh, and the concern that often comes up from the employee side is it feels like one size fits all. The company's trying to do something to me so I stay engaged. And her challenge to us was, no, meet the person where they're at. Find out what really engages them and connect at that level. That's much more meaningful than the company wants me to be engaged. It's much more meaningful when my manager wants me to be engaged and my team wants me to be engaged. Yeah, and we think about engagement as people wanting accountability. Right. So they're engaged by their team. They love their boss. They understand the why they're working on. There's that sense of pride, and they actually want more. I mean, I think the thing that's most rewarding about the work we're doing here at Good Leadership is we have an entire team of people who are constantly asking to do more. Right. And that's what engagement really means. Mm -hmm. We call it a goodness culture. Right. And, you know, that was our theme. We, she was discussing, you know, winning with a goodness culture. So I, I was really satisfied at the depth of her answers. Mm -hmm. And then immediately after that, you led a workshop. Right. And we challenged people over a, about a 10-minute period of time to work through some of these exercises. So what do you think are some of the pieces of magic that came out of the workshop? Well, first of all, for individuals who have, who have participated before in the breakfast, they love the opportunity to talk to one another and share some of those thoughts to get prepared to go back to their workplace and apply this right away. So that was outstanding. I think as I walked around the room and listened to the different tables talking about the concepts of a goodness culture, uh, how they begin to impact that, what they can do to begin to move that culture forward, there were a couple of things that really stood out to me. And I mentioned those briefly at the end of the breakfast, and I'll just recap them now. One was to help people see growth as both an individual opportunity and an organization opportunity. So again, back to the idea that's where do I fit, why do I matter? When I see my growth being beneficial to me and the organization, I'm much more motivated by both parts of that growth. Secondly, and this is interesting because we talked about the idea of goodness culture, having what do we reward and 
and move forward and what do we stop or punish? But there's some interesting conversations at the tables around if we don't have meaningful consequences when people don't perform and don't behave well, then it takes away from that sense of goodness. So almost looking at what do we punish in the right way because it's the right thing to have a consequence around that people go, oh, I seek accountability and I don't want to be doing X. Yeah, so if we don't stop it, we're actually saying it's okay. Exactly, and so almost rewarding the wrong thing. So that was an interesting part of the conversation that the group really brought out at the table. And the third part, and it tied back to what Amanda talked about, was being authentic. And I think that's a really core element that when we think about winning with a goodness culture and engaging our team in a different way, it can't be something we're doing because someone told us to do it or I'm following a methodology. It has to be I'm doing it because I care about you personally and professionally. Yeah, so that authentic word is something we could probably do five podcasts about alone. <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to let that sit there. Yeah. Uh, so for more than 10 years, we've been ending the interview with our speaker the same way. So uh, let me cut to that. About 10 years ago, around the 25th breakfast, I started asking this question consistently. And that is, looking back at everything you've done so far, how do you know for sure that goodness pays for you as a leader? Certainly, when we think about what we did at Deluxe through the small business revolution, you know, when we made that bet, we were redirecting dollars from paid working dollars that we knew would reach a certain amount of people. And we were betting that we could reach more people by doing something that actually mattered and that was authentic. And we ended up reaching 14 times more people than we would have reached if we would have just invested in advertising. And so I know from a a data perspective that goodness pays by by doubling down on something that really mattered to small Mm -hmm. businesses, that we could show business results, we could show um, growth in that way. The way I've seen it play out personally is it was so rewarding to work on something that was my job, but that truly changed my life. It changed the life of my team, Every community we spent time in will forever be different. Um, What a blessing to be able to go to work every day and feel like what you're doing isn't just providing for your family, but could potentially have ripple effects throughout the world. And so um, for me, I just, I I know it pays because uh, I just, um, I'm so grateful for the opportunity I've had throughout my career, but certainly um, these last uh, eight years with Deluxe and the Small Business Revolution. It's just so rewarding to be able to prove that you truly can do well by doing good. So what are you thinking now, Kevin? Well, again, I like how she brought it right back to that personal and professional connection. That when I think about my job in different ways, it changes how I think about my life. And I think that's just a great takeaway from a goodness, that goodness pays. And when we create a goodness culture, do we allow people to look about, think about their job and their life in that way? Yeah, I like the fact that she combined both the soft and the hard yeah nature of this question. So business executives are successful because they use data. Right. And she had the data right there, 14 to 1. Uh, That is absolutely amazing. And everyone we've coached, when we've gotten the chance to really press them on how has goodness really paid for you, uh, they can get there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just encourage any of you who are curious and you're thinking about how you might be able to learn something from this is that, yes, goodness is a strategy. It's a style. It's a mindset. But it's also a calculation that you can really measure. Yeah. And that's important because, you know, what measured gets done and measurement and data is what speaks in most executive rooms. (laughs) 
So thank you for joining us today on the Good Leadership Podcast. We did the debrief of Amanda Brinkman, and if you missed it and you want to watch the video, it'll be posted on social media or go to the Good Leadership website. As a reminder, our firm, Good Leadership, is an organizational effectiveness coaching firm. We exist because everyone knows you can't have an effective organization without good leadership, and you can't have good leadership without goodness. You can find more information about our past and future breakfasts on social media by joining our email list or by searching our website at www.goodleadership.com. So, Kevin? Well, thank you for investing in yourself. Uh, This podcast is just one of the many resources from our self-directed learning aspect of our programs that we offer inside Good Leadership Essentials as a way to develop greater leadership capacity in organizations. And today we're featuring our team book study bundle. That's 10 copies of our book, How Goodness Pays, and a group study guide to accelerate the development of your team. Yeah, thank you for that, Kevin. So the mission of the Good Leadership Breakfast and our firm is to spread goodness through good leaders because we've proven goodness pays. Have a great week, everyone. And as you think about your own leadership, what do we want everyone to remember, Kevin? Goodness pays. Yes, goodness pays. Goodness pays.